uh, comments on negative rates and his comments on the future path for his central bank. It's going to take a lot to sort out everything that they have done today, and we'll continue doing that with Brandon Brown from Mitsubishi UFJ and Joachim Fels from PIMCO. In just a moment, you're listening to continuing coverage of the ECB decision and Mario Draghi's press conference on Bloomberg 1130 WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1200 WXKS Newton, WJM 94.5 HD2 Boston, Bloomberg 960, KNEW, Oakland, KOSF, 103.7 HD2, San Francisco, Bloomberg 99.1, WNEW, FM, Bowie, and WJZ, 105.7 HD2, Catonsville, and, of course, around the world on satellite radio. Before we get to Dr. Fells, Brendan Brown with uh, two more questions, if we could. You've been so patient to listen to this historic moment. Here's a frontline academic dealing with nothing he learned at MIT or you learned with your esteemed career or what Joachim Fells learned at Morgan Stanley in PIMCO. It's original territory. Where does Draghi go from here? Well, I think where Draghi goes from here will depend very much on the reaction um, from outside the ECB halls and how Germany and German political opinion responds to this and how eventually U.S. and uh, opinion elsewhere, because what we're seeing here is a, a, a an assault, a currency market assault, although it hasn't been so successful within within the last half hour. And um, secondly, we're seeing a, a massive protec- protection program to help bail out um, for weak European banks, especially in, in Italy and uh, I would imagine in Spain too. And um, thirdly, the, the corporate bond buying program, which is revolutionary in, in many ways, is, is another backdoor subsidization of, of European finance. Well, that's a key point. And right now, Vitor Constancio is explaining the impact as the ECB sees it on banks of negative interest rates. Mario Draghi suggested that they had not seen a negative impact. Uh, we'll, of course, be monitoring the news conference and take you right back to it uh, when we get something more uh, on that. But, Brendan, just one quick last question. The the ECB says there's no impact on banks, but they're doing the TLTROs. They're, they cut the main refinance rate, all designed to help the banks. Very much so, and um, it really is a puzzle as to how a flattening of a yield curve such as we've seen um, – together with the banks not passing on negative interest rates to our customers, will will not hurt European bank profits. Brendan Brown, thank you so much for coming. An honor to have you here with your academics and your books uh, on the challenges of the Euro Central Bank. This is what we like, folks. Olivier Blanchard, Brendan Brown, and then we get to go to Joachim Fels. To review, Joachim Fels has been an original thinker on Europe and on international monetary policy at Morgan Stanley and, of course, now with PIMCO. Uh, uh, Joachim, wonderful to have you with us today. I, I must go just first to your thoughts on the immediacy of what Mario Draghi's doing. Yeah, good morning, Tom. Well, I, th- I think this is huge, um, as Donald Trump would say. I think this is one for the modern textbooks on central banking because, you know, the ECB is really employing the entire conventional and unconventional toolkit here. So it's quantitative easing. It is rate cuts, including negative rates. But importantly, it's also credit easing, right, venturing into buying private sector bonds. As Brendan just said, that's revolutionary. Um, And, of course, they are giving a lot of funding at zero or even negative rates to the banks. What I found remarkable is banks will be able to finance 30% of their entire loan book at zero or negative rates at the ECB for four years. So I think this is a 
big, big step. Well, it's a big step because it's going to enable the banks to lend a lot more. But are there going to be borrowers? Well, I think this is not so much about are there borrowers. I think this is about helping the banks to restore their net their their, their net interest margins, um, helping bank profitability, so that banks will be able and willing to lend more. So I think so far the problem has really been on the supply side of credit, not so much the demand side, and this is a big step in that direction. I was struck, and this goes back, Joachim, to your thinking, not prediction, but you're thinking about a core Europe versus many peripheral Europes and within the European experiment, to his careful language, paying homage to the fear of inflation. What is the pressure on Frankfurt on a first-order condition from the Bundesbank, but in general from inflationistas within Europe? Well, I think... The interesting thing is, if you look at the ECB's inflation projections, they've they've lowered them. That was not surprising. But they're now telling us that they will still miss their target uh, by the end of uh, 2018. So they have inflation going up to 1.6% in two years' time, um, which means that there is a need to do more easing. And I think that the key question within Europe is whether or not German inflation – which is as low as euro area-wide inflation, will finally start to pick up. You need that relative price adjustment Mm -hmm. in Europe. The periphery needs to become more competitive, and that means German inflation will have to run above peripheral inflation. So far, that's not really the case. Um, So I think we need to watch what will happen to German wages and prices going forward. Well, uh, with inflation very low, that should have a depressing effect on wage demands in Germany. What's it looking like? Yeah, uh, that's right. I, mean, I think there, there is clear evidence that inflation expectations have shifted downward and that this has affected wage demands. Um, but the labor market is very tight, and the German economy on a relative basis is doing well. Uh, so I would expect wage growth to accelerate in the next couple of years. Uh, Mike, we see data here with the futures coming back. Uh, gold surging in the last 10 minutes, complete reversal, back up to 12.57. The euro 109.57 is almost round trip from euro weakness to euro strength within the confusion of what we hear out of the ECB press conference. Much focus going into this, Joachim, on the rates that the ECB is uh, charging. Uh, now they're also increasing the amount of QE, another 20 billion euros a month. The impact of that in your estimation? Well, buying, bu- buying, more, buying more bonds, uh, I think that will uh, keep a lid on interest rates, on bond yields. Um, this is supportive for peripheral bonds. We've already seen uh, the Italy versus Bund spread narrowing. And so, so I think this, this continues to provide a cap for interest rates. Jakob, uh, Carl Weinberg has just been of such value to us at High Frequency Economics with his experience on South American workouts and, of course, his dire predictions for Japan and the challenges of Europe. Uh, Dr. Weinberg would like to know from Jakob Fells your expertise on that linkage of finance over to what banks actually can do. Are the banks in a position in Europe to affect what Mario Draghi wants? If they have the capital, can they actually lend it out? Well, that, that's the key question. If they have the capital, 
they can lend it out. So I think the main constraint on lending in the past has been that they, you know, the the that regulate the regulators, which you know also sit at the ECB, the regulators at the ECB require them to have adequate capital, and that's been that's been a constraint on lending. Now, what the ECB has done today will help bank profitability, so this should help the banks to build up some capital through making profits. I think that's the avenue how this will affect lending over the longer term. Uh, very quickly, um, we're seeing the yield curve flatten in Europe, uh, German yields uh, in particular. Why? Well, we're, we're in a negative interest rate world, so I think investors are reaching out for bonds that still yield positively, and you can only find them at the longer end of the yield yeah. curve. So I think this will this will keep pushing investors out the curve, and this will drag longer-dated yeah. yields lower and lower. Our coverage this morning on economics, we began with Olivier Blanchard. With us now, Joachim Fels of PIMCO. We will continue uh, with uh, Mr. Fels. Right now, we continue with Mr. Wilson, who got an equity market gift from Mario Draghi this morning. Do you see in U.S. equities moves up? Well, you're seeing it in the European banks that trade here, no question. You look at Deutsche Bank up 4.5%, ING up 4.5%, and then the Spanish banks, Santander also up 4.5%, BBVA with a gain of more than 5% in early trading. So it's definitely showing up here, no question. Uh, just a couple stocks beyond Please. that. Valiant Pharmaceuticals up 3%. The drug maker reached a settlement with RNO Pharmacy, which was part of a drugstore network with ties to Valiant. And RNO was among the pharmacies cited in a short seller's October report that sent Valiant shares tumbling. Earnings out today from Dollar General. The stock's up 5.5%. The dollar store chain's fiscal fourth quarter profit beat analyst's highest estimate in the Bloomberg survey. Sales also surpassed projections, and Dollar General raised its quarterly dividend by 14% to $0.25 cents a share. <laughs> Yahoo's up 1%. The web portal filled two board vacancies, bringing the number of directors to nine. Of course, Yahoo considering options to split up the company, which owns stakes in China's Alibaba Group Holding in Yahoo Japan. One more quick Please. one for you. Nuance Communications down 5.5%. The speech recognition software maker is buying back 500 mm. million dollars of stock from billionaire investor Carl Icahn, its largest shareholder. The repurchase will cut Icahn's holdings to about 11% from 20%. David Wilson, thank you so much. We're with Jakob Fels. We will continue this discussion. Michael McKee looking at the nuanced headlines out of Frankfurt as well with futures up 13, Dow futures up 93. Uh, the euro round trip, weaker, now stronger, 109.67 on euro dollar. Let's get caught up on World of National Headlines now with Michael Barr. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It could be a very valuable memory stick. Germany's federal criminal police say the stick contains files on Islamic State fighters. Authorities believe the information is authentic. Britain's Sky News reports that on the border with Turkey and Syria, a former fighter gave them a memory stick containing 22,000 Islamic State files with fighters' real names, where they were from, telephone numbers, and even names of those who sponsored and recruited them. President Obama says Libya is a mess. President Obama, speaking to The Atlantic magazine, blamed lack of support from European and Gulf allies and longstanding tribal divisions within Libya. Five years ago, the U.S. intervened in Libya to topple then-dictator Muammar Gaddafi. The second day of a public viewing for Nancy Reagan begins today. The body of the former First Lady lies in repose 
at the Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. It is an historic day for monetary economics. Mario Draghi in Europe. We'll do that next. Bloomberg Surveillance. Market Drivers brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. This month, your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers welcome spring with limited-time offers on select models like the sporty CLA and versatile GLA, each engineered and priced to move. Visit MDUSA.com today.